It's the dictionary. Hello, word nerds, and welcome to the dictionary. I'm recording this on Halloween Day, 7:05 a.m. the uh, the spookiest of days, the creepiest of days, um, which means nothing to you because you're listening to this at a completely different time. Actually, I think you're listening to this in. Well, I think this is airing January 2024. But uh, but uh, that's not Halloween at all. But maybe you can listen to this on Halloween or watch it on YouTube because there's video now. The great and wonderful video. Hey, let's talk about the words today. The first word is energy. E-N-E-R-G-Y. Noun from 1599. This seems to be the uh, the longest section in this episode. Number 1A, dynamic quality, as in narrative energy. That's the example. Narrative energy is dynamic quality. It has, this narrative has a dynamic quality to it. It's not static. It's it's active and fun and energetic. Yeah, 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 yeah. 1B, the capacity of acting or being active as in intellectual energy. The capacity of acting or being active. So you are acting as an intellectual, intellectual energy. I'm trying to figure out how the definition and the example work together. Anyway, 1C, a usually positive spiritual force, Mm, as in the energy flowing through all people. Oh yeah, we got this. We got it. Like I mentioned in the previous episode, that everything is energy. Matter is energy. Uh, energy is energy. Electricity is energy. Sound, visuals, all this stuff. Light. Uh, and so, yeah, it sometimes feels like your energy could maybe blend well with somebody else, or your energies don't blend well. You're vibrating at different frequencies. Uh, but then we've got this energy uh, flowing through all people. What's that? Is that real? Is that fake? We don't know. We don't know. It feels like it's something maybe, right? Mm. And I like how it says it's a usually positive spiritual force. Uh, not everybody is spiritual. Not everybody is spiritual in the same way. Uh, so, you know, you, you take this with a grain of salt or whatever seasoning you like. Um but uh, yeah, usually positive. I like that. But you know, there's negative energy too. Maybe we'll find something that talks about that. What's next? Number two, vigorous exertion of power. Uh, the synonym is effort. It takes effort sometimes for me to get out of bed. I don't ever want to get up. I want to just sleep forever. Uh, vigorous exertion of power. Yes, it takes so much vigorous effort to get out of bed. Uh, as in, investing time and energy. This this podcast, this show, definitely takes effort. Uh, record most days of the week. I got to get episodes out. I got to stay on track, on schedule. Uh, I'm recording very early. I'm posting early. 
Uh, so you'll get these early if you join Patreon. $1 a month, that's all you need to do. Just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, vigorous exertion of power. Okay, number three, a fundamental entity of nature that is transferred between parts of a system in the production of physical change within the system and usually regarded as the capacity for doing work. There was a lot of information there. No example um, is a long definition. So what what is this saying? Fundamental entity of nature. Okay, energy is an entity of nature that is transferred between parts of a system in the production of physical change. Uh, so maybe uh, what we're talking about here would be, I mean, the first thing I think of is like, uh, there's an animal in an ecological system it dies, there's insects and fungi that eat it up, uh, and then it, then it, then it grows it, into plants and other fungi, uh, and then sort of the process starts over again. Uh, the animals eat those plants, blah, 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 blah. So maybe then it's an, it's an energy, it's an energy flow, it's a cycle of energy. Maybe that's what this is talking about, what is that energy though? What is it? What it's you 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 eat food. You you've noticed I eat apples and bananas for breakfast a lot. Uh, you eat this apple and you get energy. It's the carbs. It's the sugars. It's the I don't know all the things. I don't know the sciency part of it, but it gives you energy to keep on doing the stuff for the day. It's a little warm. I'm gonna take my jacket off. Let's put the microphone down. Oh yeah, Spencer's stripping. Okay, so uh, yeah, that's just the energy. Number four, usable power as heat or electricity. I got the heat. There's a, the heat is on right now because it's it's cold. It's cold today. It's only twenty nine degrees right now. Uh, so we got the heat. We got the heat on, and that's energy. Electricity is energy. We use it, usable power. We're using it for various things. Cook food, heat our homes, those sorts of things. Also, the resources for producing such power. The, the big machines, maybe in an industrial part of town, they're producing the energy. The nuclear power plants, coal power plants, uh, solar panels, uh, hydro, all those things. Those, that's energy. It's energy. A synonym for the whole thing is the word power. Uh, you need power to light your your lamps, and that's energy. It's all this. It's all that's that's the stuff. Uh, what what where does this word come from? It is from the Greek word energia, which means activity. From energos or energos, they probably said energos, which means active. Uh, which is from n which means in, plus ergon, which means work. So you're in work, you're working, you're active, you got activity, it's energy. There's more of the word work. The word work. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to make a sound effect now that says that uh, that word's done, and here comes the next word, and it's going to be an energetic sound effect. What is it going to be? Wow, 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 wow. Let's force all the energy right now, and then I'm just going to be tired the rest of the day. I'm already tired. The next word is energy drink. Two words. Noun from, I did not know this, 1904? There were energy drinks in 1904? 
I don't think they were drinking Gatorade or Powerade or something like that. What were they, What was an energy drink in 1904? This is a usually carbonated beverage that typically contains caffeine and other ingredients, as taurine, taurine, and ginseng, intended to increase the drinker's energy. And I gotta look. I gotta look. What's 19 first energy drink? Maybe that's what I should type in. Uh, what would this have been? Did they did they know about uh, taurine? And uh, wh- what was the other one? Uh, ginseng? Let's see. Ho-ho. Well, that's, that says 1962. That's not... No. It says the first energy drink was created in the 1960s in Japan. But let's, let's look at uh, Wikipedia. We got to know these things. Uh, history. Uh, let's see... We're talking about we're talking about Coca Cola and Pepsi. Caffeine obviously is the big one uh, here. 1904, fresh coca leaves were replaced by spent ones in 1904 because of concerns over the use of cocaine in food products. The federal lawsuit, U.S. versus 40 barrels and 20 kegs of Coca Cola, and subsequent litigation. So I guess they were. It was literally the the cocaine that was uh, doing the energy making people have energy. I mean, that's that's what it does. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. So that's when the name was invented, I guess, because of Coca-Cola and cocaine. Good thing our energy drinks don't have cocaine in them anymore. But no, they got other things, lots of chemicals and things that we probably shouldn't be ingesting. Uh, what are some natural energy drinks? I don't know. You can look it up. Maybe I'll put in a link in the show notes for natural energy drinks. Caffeine is good, I think, in in moderation. You don't want too much of it. Uh, tea, coffee, uh, chocolate, uh, those sorts of things. They got some good natural caffeine, I think. But yeah, when you're starting to... The, those monster drinks, the Red Bull, all those things, I think it's I think it's a little too much. And then if you have it, you need it. If you drink lots of coffee, then you need lots of coffee. So that's why I try and just have it in moderation, maybe two or three times a week, just a little bit. Uh, energy drink. I got nothing. Water. Drink your water. But of course, if you're like doing sports or something, you know, I think that's when they say like the Gatorade and the Powerade, those sorts of things are good because uh, they got, what do they got? They got something in there that you need to replace, to replenish. Okay, moving on. Energy level, two words, noun from 1910. Often, my energy level is is just down here. It's nice and chill, nice and just, just, that's it. But sometimes, sometimes it gets higher. It gets up to like here, maybe. Ooh, ooh, we're pushing the energy a little bit. Yeah. Okay, energy level is one of the stable states of constant energy that may be assumed by a physical system. And this is used especially of the quantum states of electrons in atoms and of nuclei. It's called also just energy state. So not at all of your energy level as a human person. It's a different thing. It's a stable state of constant energy than a physical system. They all have a certain energy level, or 
also known as an energy state. The 51st state of America is the energy state. Next is innervate. No, it is innervate. Evit, not vate, vit, because this is the first form. Uh, it's an adjective from 1603, lacking physical, mental, or moral vigor. Uh, and the word enervated, uh, that's a synonym, I guess. Hmm. Enervated or enervated, maybe that's how you say it. Enervated is the synonym for enervate. It's the same word, you just added a D at the end. Uh, lacking physical, mental, or moral vigor. It's kind of like energy. It doesn't say that it's from the word energy. There's no etymology, but maybe, maybe it's connected. Uh, but there's another form of this, so maybe we should talk about that one before we get too in the depths of this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess if you're just like, meh, meh, it's, you're, uh, you're a nervit. The second form is pronounced differently. Uh, it is enervate. Yeah, this is the one, this is the way that I wanted to say it. Enervate. The first form, the adjective is enervate. And the verb, this is a transitive verb, is enervate. It's from 1605. Number one, to reduce the mental or moral vigor of. So if you somehow are changing the moral vigor, the physical, mental vigor of something, somebody, you are enervating them. I don't know how you do that. Maybe you're just talking talking down to them. You're like, you're, you're so stupid. You're so stupid. I'm enervating you. So you, you now have less moral vigor. Don't do this. Don't do that, at least. Number two, to lessen the vitality or strength of. If you're in war... There's wars going on all the time. You want to enervate your enemy uh, and to, to lessen their vitality or their strength. A synonym is the word unnerve. Uh, so there seems to be, I mean, the word nerve is in both of these. Unnerve. Um, enervatingly is an adverb. And enervation Enervation, that is a noun. And what does the etymology say? This is from the Latin verb enervare, which is from the E prefix plus nervus. I think that's how they would be pronouncing that. Or it looks like nervous with a U, nervus. That means sinew. Like in your, your body, you got sinew and tendons and muscles and things. Um, and there's more of the word nerve, yeah. So, so it's, it's about, it's about your nerves, uh, your maybe possibly your physical nerves, but also your mental nerves, your, how are you unnerved? Are you nervous? Lots of, lots of nerve related words. Hmm. So it's not technically related to energy, but it does seem to be in this sort of similar world. I don't know what these energetic sounds are. The next word is enfant terrible. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Enfant terrible. Now, this is two words. The first word, uh, it's E-N-F-A-N-T. It looks like infant with an E. It's pronounced enfant. 
And then the second word is just terrible. T-E-R-R-I-B-L-E. And it's pronounced terrible. This is a noun from 1851. Um, it looks like the, the plural, you add an S to both of the words, but it's pronounced the same way. Enfant terrible. Okay, number 1A, a child whose inopportune remarks cause embarrassment. The child is making some remarks, and they're at a very bad time. It's that's not the time that you want to make those remarks. Um, and then they make them embarrassed. So uh, maybe it's a little little kid, and uh, they're at a restaurant, uh, or maybe they're on a plane. They're getting on it. Maybe they're in the boarding line for a plane, and then the little kid says, "Mommy, I pooped my pants." That would be. An enfant terrible. It's a terrible child. It's a bad time. Bad time. 1B. A person known for shocking remarks or outrageous behavior. There's lots of people in the public eye. uh, Famous people. uh, Anywhere from actors to politicians to whoever, probably. uh, Who who have done this. Who do this. They're known for their shocking remarks. Um, Outrageous behavior. I mean, I'm, I, I feel like I can think of a few off the top of my head, but I'm, I think that there's some other ones that I'm not coming up with. Who Who is an enfant terrible? You know, you know. Maybe you know some of these people personally. I don't think I would be considered an enfant terrible. Maybe when I was a child, maybe I did or said something at an inopportune time. But my parents weren't calling me an enfant terrible because they're not French. Number two, a usually young and successful person who is strikingly unorthodox, innovative, or avant-garde. Well, this seems fun. Maybe I, maybe this is the type of enfant terrible I want to be. Uh, but why, why the word terrible? Um, it, it, it's just French. It literally means terrifying child. That's what it is. A terrifying child is an enfant terrible. Uh, that that feels a little a little extra judgmental. Maybe we don't need so much judgment. Um, I mean, I think it, it seems like it comes from that first one, one uh, a, where a child is just doing something bad or terrible. Maybe it's accidental though. That's that's the thing that I feel. I feel bad about the child because it could be an accident. Uh, they just happen to say a bad thing at a, at the wrong time. Um, but these other ones, uh, shocking remarks, outrageous behavior. Uh, maybe, maybe the the terrible child uh, grew up, or the terrifying child. That's the thing, terrifying. That's that takes it to a whole other level. Maybe they grew up to be somebody who uh, makes shocking remarks and has outrageous behavior, or maybe they're avant-garde. Ooh, avant-garde. It's so terrifying. Avant-garde is always scaring me. Uh, yeah, as I, I haven't heard of this one, and I like it. Enfant terrible. Um, how, I don't know. I don't know. I like it. Next is enfeeble. This is a transitive verb from the 14th century. To make feeble. Also, deprive of strength. If you are feeble is just makes it makes uh, weak it's just weak uh, so if you're making something feeble or weak you're enfeebling it or them 
uh, yeah, taking away its strength. A synonym is the word weaken. Enfeeblement is a noun. That's not a mint you want to take. The mint is going to make you weak. Why would you take that? What's the point of that? Um, I just rewatched the uh, the Mario Brothers movie. I guess I'll mention that at a future date when I get there. At the end of these episodes, I talk about movies. Um, and at one point, Mario uh, takes the um, accidentally takes the little mushroom that makes shrinks him down. And so, if it tasted minty, which it probably didn't, it would have been an enfeeblement because it's it took away maybe his strength. He made him tiny. Tiny has other benefits, according to Ant Man. When you're small, you're stronger because all of your uh, your strength is uh, uh, compressed down into a smaller area so you can actually punch stronger. I don't know if that's the case with Mario, though. These are the important questions. Okay, enfeeble, um, I mean, I think the etymology is pretty clear. Uh, it's just from feeble. That's what it is. Making feeble. Feeble making. Next word is infef or infif. Infef, infif. And the first syllable can be in or n. It's spelled E N F E O F F. Watch out for that that O. E N F E O F F. Infef. Transitive verb from the 15th century to invest with a Fief or fee? Now, the word fief there is F-I-E-F, and I'm not entirely familiar with that word. Uh, let's just do a quick check to see if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I mean, how many ways can you pronounce that word? Um, yeah, it's just fief. Uh, so it's a fee. It's uh, something about, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fee. It's a fee. So if you're in fiefing, uh, you're investing with a fee. I don't really know how that works exactly. Infeefment is a noun. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, it just comes from infi, N plus fee or fief, which means fief, and it's all about the fief. The fief, 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 fief. The next word is infetter. Infetter. E-N-F-E-T-T-E-R. Transitive verb from 1599, to bind in fetters. Uh, the synonym is in chain. So if you don't know what fetters are, uh, they're not feathers. They're not feathers. They're fetters. Uh, they're maybe like chains. I'm guessing to bind in fetters, you're in fettering. Maybe in the olden medieval days when they were doing some torturing, uh, they would infetter people. The next word is infield rifle. No, that's not how you say it. It's Enfield rifle. Uh, Enfield has a capital E, E N F I E L D. The next word is rifle. Noun from 1854 a 30 caliber bolt action repeating rifle used by U.S. and British troops in World War I. W-W-1. Um, this is from, the name is from Enfield, England. Uh, so that's probably where it was invented or manufactured or something. 
And so the British used it because it was from England. And, but then also the Americans used it because I think we were all helping each other in World War One. I. I should know these things. I think we were. Uh, I think were we are against like the Austrians or the Ottoman Empire or something like that. And uh, so, yeah, it's just they, they use this Enfield rifle. That's it. That's it. I don't know nothing about the guns. Next word is enfilade. Yes, enfilade or enfilade. E-N-F-I-L-A-D-E. First form, noun from circa 1730. One, an interconnected group of rooms arranged usually in a row with each room opening into the next. Uh, well, it's kind of like hotel rooms, except they don't all open into each other. There's usually two. Well, maybe they don't even do this so much anymore. There used to be two rooms, and then there would be a door in between them, not in the hallway, just in between them. And you could go, like if you went with your family or something, uh, you could go through the doors and not have to go out into the hallway. Uh, but this is not that. This is a whole bunch of rooms, all in a line, and they all go into each other. There's a door from one for the first to the next to the next to the next to the next, and that's an enfilade. Uh, number two for enfilade is gunfire directed from a flanking position along the length of an enemy battle line. So it seems like it's all something about going down a line. Let's look at the etymology. Let's do that. Let's go. Let's travel into the etymology. Uh, this is French from enfilade, which means to thread or to enfilade or enfilade, uh, which is from Old French, which means to thread. Yeah, we see that's the second time we've seen to thread, uh, which is from en plus fil, which means thread, and there's more at the word file. So it's like you're threading, threading the needle, threading the gun, threading the bullet, something about the rooms. I don't know about the rooms. They're like down in a line, something. I don't know. Um, well, we have another form. Maybe this will give us a little bit more information. <laughs> That's some energy coming out of my mouth. Uh, the second form of enfilade or enfilade is a transitive verb from 1706 to rake or be in a position to rake with gunfire in a lengthwise direction i don't know the word rake here what what's the how do you why are we using this word rake to rake with gunfire or to be in a position to rake with gunfire in a lengthwise direction what's how you're shooting so I guess if there's like the enemies are lined up this way, then you're shooting from that, from over there down the line. Is that what we're supposed to think? That the lengthwise position, I guess? I don't know. The next word is inflame. This is a variation of inflame with an I. The next word is Enfleurage, enfleurage, E-N-F-L-E-U-R-A-G-E, enfleurage, noun from 1855, a process of extracting perfumes by exposing absorbance 
to the exhalations of flowers. Flowers are exhalating. They're 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 going. <sighs> That's what they're doing. Uh, so the process of extracting perfumes by exposing absorbance. Okay, so when flowers are exhaling, you put some absorbance. I don't know a sponge, something else like that. You put it in front of the flower when it's exhaling, and then you extract the uh, the good smelling stuff out of the sponge. And then and you have enfleuraged. This is fascinating. Uh, what's the etymology? It's French from enfleurer, which means to saturate with the perfume of flowers. So if you're just putting all of this good smell and scents from flowers onto something, you are uh, you are enfleuring, enfleuring, you're enfleuraging. Um, that is from n. Uh, plus fleur, which means flower, from Old French floor, and there's more of the word flower. So yeah, that's it's all about you're just putting the flowers uh, onto things. You're making it smell good with flowers, in flowers. Okay, uh, we got one more word. The last word is enfold. E n f o l d. Transitive verb from 1566, 1A, to cover with or as if with folds. The synonym is uh, envelop. Uh, and so, hmm, to cover with with folds. To cover with folds. How are you covering with folds? What folds? What folds? A blanket has folds? You covering yourself with a blanket that's all folded up? In fold? No. I think this is when you're literally folding a thing. Folding paper folding an envelope, something, you're enfolding it. Uh, 1B, to surround with a covering. The synonym is contain, just containing it into a thing. It's covered, it's enfolded. 2, to clasp within the arms. And the synonym is embrace. So uh, when we hug, we embrace, we also enfold. We're folding our arms around each other. We're enfolding. That's great. Oh, I, I, I must I must pick a word of the episode. We had today energy, energy drink, energy level, enervate, nope, enervate, enervate, enfant terrible, enfeeble, enfif, enfetter, enfield rifle, enfilade, enfilade, inflame, enfleurage, enfleurage, and enfold. And I am going to pick... Uh, Enfant terrible as the word of the episode because it's a fun word to say and it's also fun to be uh, strikingly unorthodox, innovative, or avant-garde. I am an enfant terrible because my podcast is avant-garde. It's strikingly unorthodox. Enfant terrible. Enfant terrible. Enfant, enfant, enfant terrible. Okay, that's it. That's it for the words. Let's now talk about a movie that I watched. Um, oh, I messed up my movies yesterday. Um, I thought that I had mentioned Society and Critters, so I jumped right to Birdemic, but I don't think I had talked about those on the podcast yet. So uh, I will just quickly say Society, um, ooh, it's a movie from the 80s, and it talks about, its its message is all about uh 
high class versus low class and how the high class is uh, feeding off of the low class. Um, not always metaphorically. And so you should watch it. And it's a super fun, weird movie. Um, let's see. Uh, the, the other one was Critters. Somehow I had never seen this movie and... Um, I was always intrigued. I was a young kid. I kind of liked the creepy things, but I was also scared of the creepy things. And so I never watched it. And just years and years and years went by. And I finally got around to watching it. And it is such a fun movie. And it's so good. I, I don't know. I just, it, it was way better than I expected it to be. And the kid, um, I, uh, uh, Grimes, I think is his last name. I can't remember his first name. I want to say Peter, but I don't think that's it. He is in the show um, The Orville, uh, which is a fantastic show. It's like a sort of more realistic comedy version of uh, Star Trek. Fantastic show. You should watch it. Um, and so I was like, oh, it's that guy. He's great. Um, I had never seen him in anything else. And as a kid in Critters, he is he's great. He's running all over the place. He's like, let's do this. I'm taking care of business right now. He is awesome, and and uh, the little puppet critters are are great and silly and fun, and uh, there there was a goofy movie and scary. And anyway, you should watch Critters if you haven't seen it. If you have seen it, watch it again. It's super fun. That's the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening and watching. And until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye. How did this not get made is a podcast all about the films and TV shows that never got made. In this podcast, we uncover the history of these intellectual properties and walk you through the plot of these unmade scripts to determine if they would have been great or awful. Here's just a few other titles that we've covered. The Beatles' Lord of the Rings, James Cameron's Spider-Man, Guillermo del Toro's Haunted Mansion, Star Wars' Duel of the Fates, Superman Lives starring Nicolas Cage, James Gunn's R-rated Scooby-Doo, and Alejandro Jodorowsky's Dune, just to name a few. Episodes of How Did This Not Get Made can be found wherever you get your your podcasts.